Your body is unique. So why would you settle for a weight loss plan that's one size fits all? Noom is the weight management program that takes into account your biology to build a custom plan just for you. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Hello and welcome to Good One, a podcast about jokes. I'm your host, Jesse David Fox. This week, we're rerunning our July 2018 interview with Vanessa Bayer. Bayer has a new show out now, which she stars in and co-created with another former Good One guest, Jeremy Byler. It's called I Love That For You, and it airs on Showtime. When Vanessa was on the show all those years ago, we discussed Jacob the Bar Mitzvah Boy, the sweet, gentle angel she performed on Saturday Night Live five times during her run on the show from 2010 to 2017. This episode was actually the first time, instead of a single joke or, or sketch or scene, we, we discuss all that went into one character, and, and what a character he is. I, I love this guy. He's so cool. He's so funny. He's so nice. So we'll start with Jacob's first appearance on Weekend Update from December 15th, 2012. Wow. Ten years ago. <laughs> wow. Uh, naturally, Jacob is telling the story of Hanukkah. So here is Vanessa Bayer. Tonight marks the last night of the Jewish holiday Hanukkah. Here to explain the story of Hanukkah is my podiatrist son and recent bar mitzvah boy, Jacob. Yes, sir. My dad said to apply this twice a day, and you've got to start wearing flip-flops in the gym okay, showers. Okay, okay. Thank you, Jacob. No, I understand that you were here tonight to teach us the story of Hanukkah. That's right. <clears throat> When I first started studying the story of Hanukkah, I was worried it was going to be boring. (laughs) But as I learned more about the powerful tale of the Maccabees, I realized that it's actually pretty neat. But don't tell my parents I said that. (laughs) You know, Jacob, that's great, but you don't have to give a speech like at your bar mitzvah. You know, you and I can just talk. The story of Hanukkah begins in 165 BCE, otherwise known as the year my bubby was born. (laughs) Just kidding, and thank you, Bubby and Zadie, for the $18 savings bond, which I will put towards my college fund, although a couple bucks just might go to Yankees baseball cards. So you like, you like the Yankees? Seth, have you seen my kippot? <laughs> oh, that's cool. Uh, who gave you that? The Maccabee brothers banded together in order to defeat the evil King Antiochus. Pretty impressive, since my brother Ethan can't even defeat cleaning his room. <laughs> But seriously, we might fight sometimes, but you'll always be my cool older brother. But don't tell our parents I said that. 
That same parents joke again. Look, Jacob, uh, why don't we loosen this up a bit? Uh, did you get any good Hanukkah presents this year? <laughs> the victorious Maccabees lit the temple lamp, and even though there was only enough oil for one night, it burns for eight. It was a miracle, much like my mother leaving a sale empty-handed. <laughs> Pretty proud of that one, aren't you, Jacob? Just kidding, and thank you, Mom and Dad, for the wonderful spread, especially the Sunday bar. But don't tell my parents I said <laughs> this. That one didn't make any sense, Jacob. I feel like this is less the story of Hanukkah and more like a low-level roast of your family. <laughs> Okay. But I'd like to thank Rabbi Rosie and Cantip and David for helping me hit this one out to the park. My Zadie for coming because this is the last one he's traveling for. Okay. And all of my camp friends and all of my school friends okay. who I asked to please not speak to each other because my stories will not line up. And thank you, Seth, for having me here at the beautiful Weekend Update desk. And to all, a happy Hanukkah. Give it up for Jacob, everyone. And now we're here with uh, the person behind that character, Vanessa Bayer. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Um, I, I thought this would be a good opportunity to sort of discuss the creation of the character from like the very beginning. In, yes. It, so let's back up all the way. You're a young child and talk about Judaism. Yes. <laughs> In that regard, like, how were you raised? Um, we were raised, it's so funny because my brother and I have talked about how we really did go to, like, temple every, I guess, Sunday. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we were raised, like, I didn't think that we were raised that religiously, but we kind of were because we... We would go to temple every Sunday. We'd go to Sunday school, and then you wouldn't go to services every Saturday, but you went to Sunday school. Yeah, we wouldn't go to services on Saturday generally, unless it was like a high holiday or something. But then we would go on Sunday, and then once we were like in middle school, early high school, we would go on Monday nights and do like and and I got confirmed, which is like. Yeah you go to temple every week until you're 16, which seems like so much. And then I remember there was like a Hebrew high school thing that you could do through like when you were 18. And I, that was, I opted out of that. Do you remember uh, if it was reform, conservative? It was reform. Well, our first, <laughs> our first temple was, I think, technically conservative. We were always, we always sort of considered ourselves reform, but then we switched that our temple, like, um, they you if when you got bar bat mitzvah you had to go to Hebrew school like multiple times a week sure. at our temple so I don't know if that's why or not but we switched to a more reformed temple where you only had to go once a week to Hebrew school. <laughs> it might be why. I mean, I I feel like it's also around bar bat mitzvahs that parents are like, wait, what temple do we actually want? Our, exactly. This thing? Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. like I think it was such a commitment at our, our first. Play. Even though, like, now m more of my family belongs to the first synagogue that we were at. So, like, um, but, but yeah, but we switched, I think, so we didn't have to go to Hebrew school so much. Yeah, because your parents were probably like, Why they were do like, we have they to bring can't, them? we can't. Yeah. Was there a relationship between comedy and your family's Jewishness? 
I think there always sort of is, you know, because it's like so funny. There's so much funny stuff um, with Judaism and probably, you know, I'm sure any religion. Um, but I'm trying to think specifically. I mean, I just feel like at Jewish dinners and um, like big family dinners, there was a lot of like, um, you know, my grandma would be like blessing things or whatever. And my brother and I would be like, try not to laugh mm -hmm. and like ruin everything. Were you like raised to watch particularly like Jewish comedians? I feel like, were you like, oh, let's all watch Mel Brooks because. Not really. And I have to say for someone who does comedy, I, I'm embarrassed by how little stand up I've seen like of other, like of, mm -hmm. you know, old school or any, like, like I don't know that many people stand up. Um, but so we didn't really watch a lot of that. We were always had three amigos was always playing in our house and, and not one of them are Jewish, right? All three of them are is Chevy's not, Steve's not, Martin Short I can't imagine is. And I can't He's not? <laughs> Should we look at a, I he to me seems like he is Jewish, but is I, he not? I don't think he is. But Lauren wrote it and he's Jewish. He, he wrote he wrote Three Amigos with Randy Newman. Okay, right? <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. And they're both Jewish. I think Randy Newman's Jewish. So yeah, there... so there's a yeah, there is a Jewishness to it. What do you remember about your bat mitzvah? We went to Israel for my bat mitzvah. Not to brag, we, I got <laughs> Why? I got because there was a that was like a popular thing to do, and there was a um, there was an opening there. My temple would go to the new one. Would go to Israel every year, every summer for like a bat mitzvah trip. Mm -hmm. So. My mom was like, we should do it. And we did, which it was so cool. Like we got to see so much stuff and I got bat mitzvah on Masada, which was really cool. And yeah. also I got to split my Torah portion among eight people. So I had the shortest. That is very cool. Actually, as someone who like kind of liked to perform, it was like a little bit like I was like, I could have really nailed this, I think. But um, but I, it was so easy. And then we actually got to see so many different places. Like it was very cool. Yeah, you remember, or I feel like my bar mitzvah, I just remember having it and not liking that I had to do it and then it was over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do you, uh, you don't remember any of your Torah portion. You're not one of those Jewish people. No, I, no, no. Uh, but then later on I became a camp, camp counselor at overnight camp and I would, a big thing I would do as a camp counselor would like teach, help these kids memorize their Torah portions because they like, their parents would be like, you can go to camp, but you have to learn your Torah portion. Yes. That feels like another. And it wasn't even a Jewish camp. It's just like, you know, camp Yeah, but they're all Jewish. a little bit Jewish. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So how would you describe the essence or sort of like the psychology of a the bar mitzvah age kid? It's such a weird age. And I remember kids would get in trouble for talking during the service. Like my, we would try and go to this. My parents would try and have us go. My brother, I like go to the service if you're going to go to the party, which once in a while I'd miss the service. But like. The service, like, kids would, like, talk during it. But in, at the time, that felt, like, so rude that kids were talking. But now it's, like, don't invite 13-year-olds <laughs> yes. if you don't want them to talk. Like, especially because, like, half of them aren't Jewish. They don't know what's going on. I mean, even the Jewish ones don't know what's going on. Yeah. So it's, like, it was just, like, of course they're going to. It's it's such a weird thing to have, like, such a formal thing and half of it be kids who, like, just want to, like, talk to each other and, like, be idiots. And then the other half is, like, all these relatives that have come from, like, all over the country or the world or yeah. whatever. And it's like, yeah, we're not going to take this seriously. <laughs> it's so weird. Um, all right. So let's move forward. Smash cut to Chicago, a young Vanessa Bayer studying sketch and improv. Uh, can you think of one lesson or idea that was sort of foundational in your understanding of how to create a character? 
Well, I'd like to back up for a second. Okay, sure. When I was in college, I was in an all-female yes, sketch comedy and musical parody troupe called Bloomers. Yeah, <laughs> talk about it a lot. I know. I, I will ask you okay. later about Bloomers. So that's where I kind of started doing yes. that kind of stuff. But am I taking you out of order? No, it's fine. You, we, If you felt... I was going to save you time, but if you felt like there's something foundational in your character development at in Bloomers, I want to give you the opportunity yes. to fully talk about it. Well, so Bloomers, again, it was the nation's first collegiate all-female sketch comedy and musical parody troupe. At Penn. At right. Penn. They've been around now for about 40 years. We would just like get to write a lot of stuff and do a lot of stuff. And I, it was when I like kind of realized that I could do comedy and... Um, Beyond like that you wanted to do comedy, that you were able to actually do it. Both. Really both. Because I wasn't really do. I mean, I would do impressions and stuff for my friends, but I never really thought about it as a career or anything. So I auditioned for Bloomers and it was like easy and I got it. And it was and once I started doing Bloomers, I actually just think it made me be like, oh, this is something that I can do. I'm like good at this thing. Whereas like I, I saw so many things, even in that one day of auditioning that I was not good at. And my friends were all very um, athletic growing up and stuff, and I, like, wasn't athletic. I was kind of only good at school. Yeah. And then you're like, I'm also good at this. Yeah. Um, so at Bloomers, were there things that you learned about, like, creating characters to, to give honor to the importance of Bloomers? Thank you so much for taking a moment to ask me about what I learned in Bloomers. Um, yes. I There was some of my – there was a character that I came up with in Bloomers – that was this little boy character. We did, I wrote this like show. So we got to write a lot, which I think was really helpful. We had this show and tell sketch that my friend, my friend Kitty, who is a friend from growing up, like when I was on break, sometimes she would like help me write stuff. We wrote this like show and tell sketch and I played this like weird little boy character um, who's like sort of morphed into the bar mitzvah boy. Mm -hmm. So, um, so there was character stuff. I mean, I just think that I did a lot of different characters and seeing what the audience would respond to yeah. was very uh, helpful. When you say that he sort of was the voice there, what part of it do you feel like was the seed that would be like sprouting? Well, what's interesting is a lot of people who have seen the Bar Mitzvah Boy who know my brother think it's based on my brother. And I believe that because it's a lot of his gestures and stuff. But I think it's because there are a lot of my gestures, too, because he's my brother and I yeah. probably mimicked him kind of my whole yeah. life. But um, just the awkwardness and not knowing to do it, what to do with your hands. But one time I was on vacation with my friends in we went to we were driving through Vermont or something, and somehow I picked up this piece of like, well, it wasn't fool's gold. I thought it was fool's gold, but it was just a rock. It was just a rock basically <laughs> that like had some quartz in it or something. Anyway, and I started doing this character named Austin that made it into the Bloomer sketch who like had much more of a um, uh, like a, a speech impediment and we were in the car and I kept doing this character which sort of sounded like um, like I found this rock in the woods and it has like and it's rose cuts and you can give rose cuts to, like your mom or something cute, and it's like easy so it's like you can tell it's yeah. like sort of bar mitzvah boy -y, but like much harder to understand and yeah. um, more of kind of like more like spazzy yeah so I did that character in Bloomers, and then that, I think, is sort of where I started. I started noticing, I think, a lot in Bloomers. I played little kids a lot, which yeah, I, I did on ask, SNL, yeah. too. And I just started noticing them more because they're so funny. And so, like, taking their mannerisms, even for, like, a character who isn't an adult, mm -hmm. I mean, isn't a kid, are, is so funny. Was there something to the fact that you're also playing specifically little boys? Like, 
you yeah, think about? Yeah, I mean, I guess I've played little girls too, but little boys, I just, I just, I think specifically bar mitzvah age, it's, you know, girls like mature more quickly. So girls at 13 can kind of handle the formality mm-hmm. and the kind of like, all of the stuff with a bar bat mitzvah, boys like they're too young. Yeah. So it's like you're forcing this kid who's like can't isn't quite mature enough to like do this very formal thing, like perform kind of in front of all these people. And they're just not they like that was the thing and I'm sure again a lot of this is from my brother, but like they just don't know what to do. Like they're not composed enough to like know where to put their hands. Yeah, their brain, it literally is like a brain development thing of like their brains are too rigid to be able to understand how to interact with a person. Like yeah. here, now you have to meet grownups you've never met. And you're like, how's a little kid, how's a little boy supposed to make yeah. conversation with like a person with a job? Yeah. And especially if they have like glasses or something or whatever is on their face, like they they can't, like if if their eye itches, like they they use like their like middle finger to like scratch, you know, like they they're so weird. They just haven't figured out how everything, sh- like how gestures even yeah. work yet. You know, like everything's kind of like a wrist and like a. It's all like an impression of what they imagine people act. And it's, yeah. it's all. Like, it's like a mistranslated impression of how other people are supposed to act. Yeah. And they're kind of like, they're kind of like, especially because it's so presentational at a bar mitzvah. It's like they're talking to an audience, but then they're getting caught up in their head. Like they're they have their own internal monologue that they're getting like caught on, <laughs> and they they're not good at hiding that. So it's like there's so much happening, and but the thing that isn't happening is like them being cool. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, are are we happy with the amount of bloomers? Yeah, we spent enough time on bloomers. We might have to come back to it, right, but cool. I think that's good. Well, I, ha- I have another bloomers question later. Okay, perfect. So, uh, Chicago, you study sketch and improv. As we sort of getting, you're getting better at sort of creating characters. Can you think of something that you learned how to sort of develop a character further that you feel like transition to this? Because I, I think I remember hearing that you're saying eventually in Chicago, you started doing Jacob, a version of Jacob in your stand up. Stand up, yeah. So how did you kind of get to like whatever you're kind of doing there to the stand up version? Um, I think I was doing, yeah, I, well, in improv, we would try a lot of different characters and stuff. And that was like a very encouraged thing. I also think like characters are, like they're they can be more fun sometimes because you don't have to be so like when you're improvising and you're just being yourself you it has to be like so interesting you know like you have to be so quick whereas yeah. if you're doing a character you can sort of yeah not really, I don't know but anyways then I was doing stand up and I started I, I started doing stand up like in college a little bit and then like I interned in New York one summer in college and I took a like workshop at Gotham Comedy Club. And then the next summer, I just I interned in New York again, and I just did like open mics, and they were like so brutal. I mean, open mics, I'm sure they still are. Like they were so no one wanted to laugh, yeah. at, you know. And it was all comics in the audience. It wasn't any like no one was like going to an open mic to like let's have a night out at an open mic. Um, but so uh, so I started doing stand up, and then I would this this guy at this this manager, Bert, who worked at Zany's in Chicago, would was sort of actually the first person who ever really like paid me to do comedy. And he would put me up sometimes and I would try different stuff. And I started doing stuff about, you know, I had that Austin character who was the one who had more of like a speech impediment. And then I started doing um, 
this bar mitzvah boy character and I would do the thing, the fir- the the sort of like line from the first time I did it, which is like the don't tell my parents I said that. Oh, really? Yeah, because, because yeah, I had just a few things, but it was like, it was like about like, like, it was like, my mitzvahs are pretty cool. Like, um, you know, like something about the presence. And then I said like, I, or I, it was like I was giving like a mini speech where I kept making jokes about like, um, like I kept making jokes about the present, like kind of yeah. like silly jokes. And then at the end of it, I was like, but like this whole experience has been pretty cool, but don't tell my parents I said the it. Like, and I liked um, having like that the it in there. Yeah. We we always would try and find long A's or short A's to make long, whatever um, for other like tagline kind of things. But so the don't tell my parents I said that thing was from my stand up. But that's. Also, yeah. how are you integrating a character in like. Into my stand up? Yeah. Yeah, you know, great question. You know, I think I always sort of did stand up that it was either like me telling stories or me doing characters, some jokes, but more like, like you would come out doing the character or no, I'd be like this. Oh God, how did I introduce that? I would be like, I'm Jewish, like you know, like bar- oh, this is not a good version, sure, but, but it- I'm sure I worked on it. But like, I would be like bar- something about this is my impression of like a bar mitzvah boy, yeah, or something. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> but like I only feel... did it, I have it written down in like an old journal from Chicago, but I only did it a few times. And then it wasn't until SNL. Do you want me to tell that story? So you didn't audition with him. You just sort of did it and then you I left. auditioned with that Austin character yeah. who talked very weird. And I had a piece of fool's gold like in my hand during, or I had that rock, one of yeah. those rocks in my hand. Um, but I didn't audition with it, no. But so, so then SNL, it's your first season and... A uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's hosting. Yes. And a bar mitzvah sketch is being written. Yes. And you were cast to play the bar mitzvah yes. boy. Unrelated to... Unrelated. So what was... It was um, Merica Sawyer and Simon Rich and John Mulaney. Mm-hmm. They used to... When I started, they were like... Everyone called them the dream team. They would all... And I mean, they're all still doing great. But they they would all write like half of the show. Like the three of them would write so much stuff that... And anyways, so, um, so they wrote this bar mitzvah sketch where it was like it was really mo- more about different musical yeah yeah musical they would have guests at the bar mitzvah singing bar mitzvah versions of their of yeah. their hit songs like um Gwyneth Paltrow did Taylor Swift Gwyneth Paltrow did Taylor Swift Abby I, Elliott did Katy Perry um uh, and it was so Jay Farrow did Jay-Z doing yeah and CeeLo did himself yes so it was about these different musical acts and every so often I would go out with Fred and he played my dad and I was this bar mitzvah boy. And I just said a few lines, but I think they asked me, like, I think America was like, is there anything you want to say as this boy? And so I gave her lines. Like, I think the don't tell my parents I said that might've been in there or there was, there were certain things were about the presence or whatever. Yeah. There was a little bit, there's a little, it's a slightly different character in that he's m- much more nervous. Yeah. And, not ha- like there's no joy in the version. yeah Fred's just I'm just getting sort of embarrassed by Fred yes. right um but there were certain little lines that I put in there that were um from my stand-up and what I always say I've said this to like Simon before I've been like Andy Samberg was in the cast why didn't you just use him as the bar mitzvah boy yeah and he was like there was something about we just you looked younger and there was something that we thought would be funnier to have you as the yeah, bar mitzvah boy, which was so lucky because it's so funny to me that I never occurred to me to do that character before that. 
I mean, it wasn't as developed or anything, but it was like I had some I had done it, yeah. you know. Um, I guess Andy does look like an older Jewish person. He does sort of. I think the idea it's and it's it sort of like goes back to that thing of like people love to see me sort of be shit on. And so like the fact that Fred is sort of embarrassing me so mm-hmm. much, it's fun to just like see my little face be so mortified. <laughs> Do you remember anything from at least the first time you did the voice like at table read or anything? I, I don't remember the table read, but but. I remember we did it and Lauren like loved it. He loved that character. And then we tried to write, um, we tried to write sketches for it. We tried to put that character in sketches and we could not figure it out. First we wrote, they wrote like a Passover scene and they put me in it and it didn't really work. The scene didn't work. It wasn't really focused on me though. Then we wrote this thing that I thought was so funny, but it didn't really work that well at the table where it was me and Paul Britton. Mm-hmm who's like an old friend of mine from Chicago who was on the cast my first like season and a half. And he, it was, he, I guess he played an Asian guy. We had him playing an Asian guy, which, okay. <laughs> but but um, his name was Daniel Wu in it. And, I, and so um, it was like, it was uh, Jacob, Hankin, and Daniel. So it, there was an intro song too. And it was basically a, we had like a web show about us playing video games. And so the song to it at the beginning was, it's Jacob Hankin and Daniel Wu's rockin' video game minute. And <laughs> yeah, rockin' video game minute. And like, and like we had Paul acting so weird as Daniel Wu. Like I'd be like, hey, Daniel, like whatever. And he'd be like, pew, pew, pew. It was so bizarre. I mean, now talking about it, I understand why it didn't work, but... <laughs> But it, to me, it was so funny. And that song is so funny to me. That <laughs> Just to hear me. Anyways, I thought Paul was so funny in it. He was really funny in it. But, but Anyways. It, is it, it's interesting because outside of it being a bar mitzvah, then he's just, here's a funny Jewish kid, I guess would be Well, that's the thing him? that we found about the character is that it's the best when it's, he's being presentational. So that when he's, he can't really... Um, it's hard to have that character drive a scene mm-hmm. because um, you you don't want that from you like more want like it's it's more fun for Jacob to be commenting on stuff and and for him to be very presentational. Yeah, like that's why people have said to me, brag that like people are like, oh, you should do a Jacob movie or something, and it's like you wouldn't want to see Jacob like. Day to day, I I, I mean, may, uh, who knows? But like, the point is like him being presentational is what's funny because he's he can't he's like any other thirteen year old boy he can't quite figure it out. Yeah, because in normal setting, I mean, I, I was once a thirteen year old Jewish boy, and I I think with my friends I was maybe relaxed. Yeah, but there because you you're just hanging out or whatever. But with yeah. a friend that like it's not they're just like oh his voice is funny, but I think. Oh, when he has to speak, he has to think about like he has to yeah. do a thing he's never done before, and as a result, uh, he's bad at it or just sort of awkward at it. Yeah, exactly. So then I think I don't, I can't remember. I feel like I used to know the answer to this, but whose idea? May I, I think it was. I think it was it Seth's idea. I can't remember whose idea it was for me to do it as an update. I mean, it was like. Two years later, which is... Yeah, and we wasn't written with the same people. It was... Merica had already left... No, no, Merica hadn't left the show. John had left the show. Simon had left the show. Mm-hmm. So it, Merica and I... But Merica was still at the show. And Merica and I would write it with um, 
a, a writer who wasn't even there the first time I did it, Zach Kanan. And mm-hmm. so M- Marika and Zach and I would write it together. Um, but uh, yeah, it took us, It like literally I think my whole, it, it took such a long time to figure out how to do it. Do, to do... To how to make it on the show, or you meant once you once someone had the idea, which you don't remember. Yeah, once once we did it as an update, it worked. But but to figure out which which something that's interesting about that is that my whole last season, I was trying to get this this weather woman character on and different sketches, and we couldn't get it on. And then the very the third to last, my third to last show, Colin was like, "What if you try it as an update?" And it worked. It's like it's funny that like some stuff you're like, "What am I going to do? I can't figure this out." And then it's just like, "Just do it as an update." Yeah. But by the way, there's other things that you try as an update a million times, and then they're just better in sketches. But I think it's, it's just it's yeah. interesting that character because it felt like it worked so well in update that you then you did it this season and it felt like seemingly partly because you're like, that character was good and I felt like I didn't do it enough. Yeah. Oh, that we did the bar mitzvah. Yeah. This no, season? you did the weather person. Oh, the weather person. Yeah. Oh, that I did this season. Yeah, this season. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. Well, the weather was really bad. Yeah. The weather we, really they needed bad. someone to. So let's talk about the first one a little bit more closely. Before we even talk about the specifics of writing it, I was wondering if you'd like if you can remember how you're feeling about your place on this show at this point. You know, this is about third. It's my third season. Midway of your third season. Oh yeah, I mean, I think the third season was a hard season for me because um, a lot of my friends had left. Like a lot of the people I started with had left. You know, the more senior people and stuff. Um, and so it was like a big transition. But then also like my old friend Ad Bryant had just started, and so that was really fun. Um, but I think there were all these new people and I was, um, like trying to figure out kind of what do I do now? You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, it's really, that's a hard thing with the show is like, you can't, you have to like come up with new stuff all the time. You can't like, even if a thing is a hit, there's like only so many times you can do it. Like I probably had done the Miley Cyrus show a million times by that point and couldn't do it as much, you know? Um, but so I can't remember exactly how I was feeling at that time, but I'm sure, um, I was sort of hoping to do newer stuff. Yeah. And it's probably, I, I have to mention your first season not as a featured player. So there's, and oh, like, right. So there, as a, like, as a regular player, yeah, right? Yeah. Whatever the, the non-feature Whatever players. the non-feature, yeah. <laughs> whatever that is. But it's like, okay, now you're like, you became because so many people left. You're like now you're one of the most senior yeah, people on the show. Yeah, right. Yeah. So then you're like, okay, I guess I got to come up. Yeah, this. yeah, I guess so. I know. I, I I can't even remember again why we started doing it as an update, but um, I well, bet Hanukkah I was, was right. coming up. Yeah, Hanukkah. Yeah, right. Oh, that was another thing. Is like once Andy left, I was like, it's my job to like represent because I did sometimes feel that where I'd be like we're doing all this Christmas stuff or we're doing all this Easter stuff. And I'm like, there's so much Jewish stuff happening right now. And like, it's not that I'm the most religious person in the world, but like somebody's got to represent. Yeah, uh, That's really funny. So, all right. So let's talk about the, you're going to do it. You're going to do it at update. You know, I, at this point, I think I have a decent understanding of how a sketch goes from like Monday through Saturday. I yeah. feel like that story has been asked every single SNL cast member in every single interview they've done. I know the order, but I, yeah. I, I literally do not know how a weekend update character goes from beginning to end. Like, I don't know when weekend update characters are brought up because it doesn't involve the host. So you don't necessarily pitch it on Monday. So you generally would write it and do it at the table read on Wednesday. You'd write it Tuesday night when you were writing all the other stuff. 
Um, a lot of sketches, most sketches that are written aren't pitched on Monday anyway. I mean, aren't, aren't you know what I mean? Yeah. Aren't anyway, but like, but um, you you would um, write it on Tuesday night, unless sometimes if it's like a recurring thing or like a last minute thing, they'll write them later in the week. But you write it Tuesday night, you would do it at the table Wednesday, but you don't find out at the same time if it got in or not. So mm-hmm. you you might not find out till Thursday or Friday that you're actually going to do it. Um, but yeah, I think we... And then it goes through the same rewrite process once... Not necessarily because you don't. You might not find out you're doing it till after the rewrite tables are over on mm-hmm. Thursday. I feel like Marika and Zach are always so good at coming up with really specific things like about like my brother won't let me borrow his brown belt and stuff. And like my grandma says, don't wear flip-flops by the pool. Or um, there were, just that he would sort of taunt me, my brother, <laughs> which is not really, my brother was pretty nice to me growing up, but like the worst thing he would do, which I think we've referenced this in other things, is like at a certain, he would like ignore me a lot. Yeah, Like he would like, you know, I'd have to like, like, I remember he had a birthday party once around that age where he, we all went to see singles. He went with his friends to see singles mm-hmm. at the movie theater. And me and my parents had to sit like two rows behind all of his friends. <laughs> also, I remember being like, not understanding that movie at all because I was like 11. So, you know, while you're writing it, are you, are you figuring out like, what is this character? You know, like at, at this point, like, do you have a sense of who this person is um at that point i think we were getting a sense by the by the last few times we did it we had such a strong sense of it that this is like a very funny so one of the last times we did it zach and and merica and i i don't even know if merica was still at the show but we were all writing it sort of either together or and and um someone brought on the idea someone mentioned the idea of Jacob's brother coming on. And I so clearly had an idea of what actor would play Jacob's brother. And Merica and Zach separately, we all came up with the same person because we know this character. And do you know who would you think it would be? It's okay if you get it wrong. Because we're keep in mind, we're the three people who write it. Sure, so we no. have the closest. And, but now I have to think of like. To a- us, it was like we each instantly, separately, never discussed it, all had the same idea. Michael Sarah? You're very close. Oh, Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah. <laughs> we all came up with Jesse Eisenberg. Like, I like that always Michael Sarah is very close yeah. to Jesse Eisenberg. We all were like, it would be Jesse Eisenberg. Yes, 100%. He's more intense. Because he's more but, intense, but he's also like very gentle in a way. Not to, I hope he doesn't get it. But like, it's it, like he's, he's like got like a very like, um, like that to Jacob, he would be like intense. Yes. Well, he is. Or, and he's a little bit stiffer. Yeah. Where then you can, I can, literally can see now their entire relationship. Because though Jacob is still awkward, he is like, he smiles all the time. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, whereas Jesse Eisenberg's like a little more serious. Yeah. It was so crazy that we all came up with Jesse Eisenberg without discussing it with each other. And so sometimes people would offer rewrites at the rewrite table, like on Saturday. So there's usually a re a read through on Saturday for update features where you go through them. And that's when a lot of them get rewritten a little bit. But um, so people will pitch, would pitch jokes all the time. And we were, Zach and America and I would just be like, no. Like, like people would be like, he, 
they'd be like, when I, I can't think of an example, but we would often be like, Jacob would never do that. That's too, like, he's so gentle. Yeah. And people would, would pitch jokes or ideas of things that like my brother could do to me or whatever, or that I would do that we were like, he wouldn't do that. And it's so funny that to us, it's always been so clear. Yeah. Whereas to other people, like it. It would like and and actually by my last couple seasons neither of the Mariko nor Zach were there anymore, um, and I think we did one or two maybe we just did one when both of them weren't there. Yeah, just you the did. One you I did stopped my last for season. yeah your last season, but you didn't do one for two years before. And they were like, "Can we just have you? Ri- can you just write it with one of the writers that's currently?" And I was like, "No." I was like, "They don't under people who who like." And actually, my friend Jeremy, who I write, who I wrote a lot with, who I wrote the Weather Woman with, he he helped with it a lot. You can't just people have people so clearly don't understand this character. Yeah. Even though like the things that they were pitching were like not crazy, yeah. but we would be like, that's so wild. Jacob would never do that. That's too wild for him. He's more tame. Like it's it's crazy how how much of an idea we have of him. I want to talk about specifically the things the the jokes of at least the first one of. The the joke jokes. Does he think they're funny? Is he amused by them, or does he like? Is he th- is he performing funny, yeah. or is he actually? You know what I mean? Like, does he think that's a funny yeah. thing to say, or is he like, oh, this is a funny thing to do? I think he thinks it's funny, but also I think his dad coached him a lot on it. Like my brother, our dad is very funny, but he's also like, you know how I, I think a lot of kids in general, but like Jewish kids too. Like you just think. Your dad is so, or in my case, we just thought our dad was so funny and still do. But Mm. like his sense of humor is like not always in line with like the age of like a, you know, 13 year or whatever. But I think his dad coached him, which is like something that like my dad would do with my brother and I kind of to like say it in a certain way to like really deliver the joke. And so he's so proud of himself for like doing the joke the way his dad taught him. He's perform he's performing and like has to take a minute to like just like I can't believe I just told this joke so well. The the main difference if if you look at sort of your presentation of Jacob between that and the the sketch version of a couple years ago is you smile way more as you do sort of in real life. Right. Um and uh I don't know how to put this but your smile so uh, it's funny and nice. <laughs> What is your sort of relationship to it as like a comedic? It's so funny weapon? that I, yeah, I, it's so funny that I haven't seen the first. I should watch. I should watch yeah. that sketch, but uh, I haven't seen it in a while. But um, it's hard for me not to smile in general. But even when we did this Weather Woman character, the first time, the first when we first tried it, and it made it to dress rehearsal. At all it just kept one time it got cut for time, and then the next time it just got cut. But was we had me hosting this very intense game show mm-hmm. and that I would talk like that where I'd be like just a very intense like thing and I couldn't really talk. So the character it. was a person who can't talk because she's nervous, not Yes. Oh, yeah, the weather person is arbitrary. The weather person but now it seems like it has to be with the weather. Yeah, but yeah. but at the time but because of that, I couldn't really smile during it. So I was trying to be very serious. And it's just so much easier for me to play characters that are smiling. Yeah. It's just, it was so much, once it was a weather woman and I could smile during it, it was like, yeah. th- it felt more natural anyway. It's very, I think it's very disarming to smile. I, I, by the way, I'm not doing it on, it really is like my natural state of resting. being, but it is my resting face. But I think I can get away with a lot more things mm-hmm. because, um, because I smile so much and I look sort of innocent, I can sort of like say more stuff and yeah, people I, won't get like mad at me. Yeah, or even like you're saying a joke that is 
not even that it's like a bad joke. It's almost like not a joke. Like it. Yeah. <laughs> and you just sit there for a while smiling at it. And I was like, this is. I have found uh, with a lot of my comedy that if you like, if you like stare at people long enough and just like wait in an awkward, they'll, they'll laugh. <laughs> <laughs> How in it are you when you do characters? Like, you know, it's obviously it's, it's you know, not a scene where all these different things are happening, but you, like, are you, are you Jacob when you're doing it? Like, are you serious? Are you in character? You know, are you walking a line of being a little bit out? You know, like, how do you think of how in yeah. the moment you are? It's so funny because I've never really thought about that. But as you're asking me about it, I felt like I was going into it a little. <laughs> and I'm pretty in it when I'm doing it. Because the truth is, like, I, it's so close to who I am. It's <laughs> like us hair off. I've been So it's it's really is like if I indulged, like, the weirdest kind of, like, most – awkward parts of my personality that's all it is and it's so close to where I am normally so um I'm pretty in it when I'm doing it because because it feels so familiar yeah and I think there is a thing that a lot of Jewish people have where they're like I could be like a really Jewish person not in terms of religion but like the personality of a yeah they have you're just raised in it and it is comforting you're like maybe I'll be a person who like tells these sort of dumb jokes. Yeah, it's so joyful, it's so fun. <laughs> so you you did it the first time. Were you you immediately like, oh, I want to do that over and over again? Like, did you get feedback that you're? Well, I really knew people said such nice. Like Lauren really loved it, and when Lauren loves something, it's kind of rare. Like you you know, and he Lauren told me that like Steven Spielberg had texted him about it, <laughs> and he was like, Steven loves it, and I was like, oh, okay. Um, and, and so, but he didn't say Spielberg. You had to just know which one of. His- I think he might have said Spielberg. He like showed me the text. It was so cool. And then like every time I would do it, I hope I'm not making this up. I th- it seems made up, but I think every time I would do it, Steven Spielberg would text Lauren. <laughs> so cool. And then one time at a party, I said they were sitting together with like, and it's, you know, it's also Paul McCartney's favorite character that I do, and Paul McCartney has like told me. I mean, can you imagine? I feel like this is like this is only stuff that I've like told my parents and my best friend, but it's like so crazy. It's yeah. like because only at SNL could you meet those people and like get like only Lauren like yeah. is like friends with both of those guys, you know? Yeah, so it'd be normal for them to give him feedback. Yeah, like to say something. And yeah, I still remember one of the holiday parties. I like went at, to Lauren's table and he was like sitting between them, and they were like, "We love that care," you know. And you're like, "Uh, <laughs> like." This is the coolest thing in the world. And we're right back with more Vanessa Bayer. Most weight loss programs focus on restriction and inflexible routine, which is why most diets fail. But Noom isn't a diet. It's a weight management program that uses psychology and biology to help you develop healthy, sustainable habits. Noom believes that weight loss starts with the brain, and their daily lessons are tailored to help users understand the science behind food cravings and eating choices. Whether you want to lose weight, increase physical activity, meet a health goal, or simply change the way you think about food, Noom can help you build healthy habits while still enjoying your favorite foods. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. 
and we're back with Vanessa Bayer. Uh, I want to talk about the the other times you did it, but we'll, we'll kind of go beat by beat of them or just sort of quick and then what you remember as it developed. But how does it work? You know, you did it again. Passover came up. It's the next Jewish yeah. holiday that uh, everyone knows exists. How does it kind of come up to do it again a second time? I think we were just really wanting to do it again when it felt like there was another. It, it seemed natural that like when there was a Jewish holiday, it would be a good time to do it. And kind of to what I was saying earlier, we're like, if I didn't do it, those holidays weren't going to get recognized, you know? Whereas like, you know, there's going to be something about Easter, you, yeah. know, you know what I mean? So like, it was like, well, this is either it's going to be Bar Mitzvah Boy or there's no one's going to mention Passover. So do for you, the most part, I mean, once in a while. but So, I mean, as happens, especially with the Weekend Update characters, is they, they follow the same rhythm as they do sort of the first time. Yeah. How does that, that phenomenon work it's real it can be hard i mean we we were the thing that was kind of made it easier with um jacob was that it's it's coming from such a specific world that we all knew so well the three so it's like it's so we can imagine other jokes and stuff that honestly one of the hardest things would be the um catchphrase because Mm -hmm. Don't tell my parents I said that was so good because it had the that in it that you could yeah. say like the et. Yeah. And so coming up with other phrases that would be funny, repeat it. Like we liked the idea that Jacob has like a catchphrase that yeah. he like loves to repeat because he thinks it's so funny. Um, and so coming up with those was kind of hard. But but um, the jokes and the different things were like it was so fun to come up with those because they were often like really taken from our real lives, you know. Do you watch the first one and be like, okay, this is how the beats go? I think go? sometimes we would watch it, yeah. And then I think a lot of times when you write recurring stuff, especially up to, you would, yeah, you, you all, all recurring stuff, you watch the first one to kind of see how it, how it goes. And obviously we didn't want to write the same thing twice. So we tried to, we'd try and change it. And, and the natural rhythm of it being, if it's about a holiday, like Passover or something, there's such a different way, you know, it's, yeah. it's because it's, it's a totally different thing, so it's easy to change it. But we wanted to, like, there were certain things that we wanted to keep with, like, the way I interacted with. That was the other thing that was hard one, Seth, because we think Jacob Jacob loves Seth so much and thinks he's so cool. Because Seth looks Jewish but isn't Jewish. Yeah. yeah. And, like, just we what we loved that we loved that Jacob is, like, so into Seth. <laughs> just thinks he's, like... You know what I mean? Just yeah. because he's like a cool guy who's like. <laughs> he was so sad. Well, he was so sad when you knew Seth was leaving. Oh, my God. I, was that where I did the thing where I cry? Yeah. Yeah. So sad that Seth was leaving. And um, and did you notice there was a Seth shout out in his in his last update? There was. I think my best friend Seth. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, which also that was a th- funny thing to us when we wrote the last one because you know how, like it seems like little boys like that, like when they become friends with like an older guy or like they meet an older guy, they like like that Jacob really thinks Seth is his best friend because <laughs> you just like meet an older guy and you're like yeah that's my best friend, yeah. <laughs> like it's like no he's like an adult he doesn't he's not really, but um but there I think there was a lot of they there was a lot of um love between those i he just loved seth and like i think that was part of the jokes too is that he always felt like he was kind of like impressing seth yeah what is interesting it you you saw a glimpse of it with that one because cecily is there and yeah and then it was just you and cecily the next time so scared of cecily and that was 
when you first meet Cecily, it is one of the funniest. <laughs> it's like the scariest thing that's ever happened to. So I feel like so many boys that age are so scared of girls that are like adu- like women. Yeah. Like it's one thing to like meet a girl kind of your age and you they like sort of like make fun of them and like are mean to them, whatever. Yeah. But to meet like a pretty woman is like so scary. Did you remember performing that or, or even writing those parts? Yeah, I feel like a lot of that was Merica and Zach. Like, but we were saying that I'd just be terrified. Like, like, cause I remember people pitching jokes of like, would he try and act cool in front of? And we we're like, no, he would be so scared. Like, he doesn't have that. Like, he's not gonna be cool. Like, he's and he's not gonna be confident around yeah. her. Like, he's so freaked out. Like that it would have to eventually sort of go away for the for the thing to keep on the go. good of the piece or whatever. But like. That, yeah, I'd be so freaked out by her. Yeah, it's not a... He's no longer thinks he's impressing Cecily. Like, he doesn't think he's impressing Cecily. He's like, there's a little bit more like, I hope that worked, and Cecily's not mad at me. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, just scared and like, yeah, doesn't know what to do. Then after Cecily leaves, it's you and Che. Yeah. Can you describe the dynamic between (laughs) Jacob and... Well, I remember we had... That was so funny to do Che, because I remember, because he's another guy being that we were like, well, this sort of felt like Jacob just won't be as impressed by him because he's no Seth, you know? So just that I would be more like, like, uh, all right, you know? Um, I've been doing this longer than you Yeah, exactly. And that also, I remember because Che is so, he's so funny, but he, his, he's sort of, you know, he's obviously has a different style than Seth. And so I remember we had to tell him, to like um, be nicer to me or something <laughs> because the natural thing to do with, when a kid's acting like a sh- little kind of yeah. shit to you would be to be like sort of like not that nice. Yeah. But we were like, no, you have to be really nice to Jacob because that's how people treat him. So you have to be like very sweet to him. And he did it. Che did, you know, yeah. it's just, it's not natural to like be so, like when someone's constantly like disrespecting you and ignoring you, yeah. which Jacob was doing to him. Yeah. To be so sweet to them. But you have to be like, you have to no, be, no one's been mean to this that person, and this is, has got to be the first time. Seth set this precedent where he was always so amused by me, mm-hmm. as opposed to being like annoyed by me when I would do stuff. So then we were like, well, that has to continue with every host has to be amused by me. They can't be, they can't be irritated by the fact that I'm constantly interrupting them or ignoring them or whatever. After the first Che, there was then the Billy Crystal one. Yes. Michael, here's the foot cream. Uh, He has toenails that look like potato chips. It's my podiatrist, everybody, Dr. Hankin. So, Doc, what's your favorite thing about the Passover holiday? The third reason Passover is different from other nights is that we dip twice. Uh, I don't know about you, but I always dip my food twice, once in salsa and once in guacamole. (laughs) You do the math. What math, man? Can you talk about Billy Crystal? It was so cool. Billy Crystal wanted to play my dad. And I remember seeing him at the 40th and he had brought it up and like he he wanted to play my dad. And so I remember they asked me about it. They were like, Billy Crystal wants to come on and play your dad. Would that be okay? And I was like, 
yeah, that would be great. And he was so nice. And so I remember where it was like crazy because we were emailing him different ideas because we were sort of wrote it remotely with him. Yeah. We, you know, he couldn't be there all week or whatever. Um, but I remember it was I was like, we're emailing with Billy Crystal. This is so cool. And he's so nice. And so like just a ima- I mean, to me, it was like what it was such a huge compliment that Billy Crystal wanted to do that with me and that mm-hmm. he liked it, you know. So um, it was so fun to get to do that with him. I mean, it was so cool. And he was sort of like asking me about how to I, it was just really cool. At, by this point, you've been doing it for years and it feels like you know who he is. What was about your their relationship do you think was correct to your understanding of their characters? Um, I think that, you know, again, maybe you'd have to watch it again, but I remember like it's the the idea that Jacob just thinks his dad is the funniest person in the world and that a lot of his his jokes that he's telling are because he wants his dad to be impressed, which is very similar to me personally mm-hmm. as well. But like so that the fact that his dad is coming on like this is like the coolest person in you know what I mean? Yeah. Other than Derek Jeter, like it's his dad, you know. So, which by the way, tried so hard to get Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter <laughs> oh, yeah? did. I mean, not, I don't think Derek Jeter knows that, but because he was always like out of town, you know what I mean? Like we would do little. Like I don't think we were aggressive with Derek Jeter himself, but I always was like, is there a way to bring it? You know? And then he, he retired. It's not like and, he said no. It just sort of yeah, he exactly. Even, it didn't exactly. even. He couldn't even get to the point where yeah, he could say yes. Yeah. Yeah, the how you react to Billy Crystal is no one like no person, no character I think has been so happy and that is to see their dad. It's so sweet. I, I it's like that how those kids like they're just like who could be a cooler person to have around, you know? He just thinks his dad is the best. He's so excited that his dad is coming on. And it was easy to act that way too because it was like Billy Crystal. <laughs> do you remember why you then didn't do it again for the next 2 years? Was it just because the writers left? Or do you think you were done with it? You know, I think it was hard because we were mostly doing it for Jewish holidays and we had already done it. Like we did three times and yeah, yeah. And the writers had left, so it was harder. And I, I never wanted to like every time we would do it, we would do it with those writers remotely. But it's a little harder to um, do stuff with. You know, it's like a separate thing for the show is to figure out. It's all this paperwork, like to get an outside person who's not at the show anymore. But. I think it's, yeah, it's mostly because those writers weren't there and because it felt like, you know, you can only, we only wanted to do it when we could really do a good job with it and we didn't want to just like do it for the sake of doing it. Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't know that we would ever do it again, but then we got to do it again. Was it because they were? My last season. Yeah. Did you want to do it? Because did, did you know it was your last season? I knew it was my last season. Why did we do it again? I think Passover was coming up. There wasn't a lot of Jewish stuff. Again, like represent for the Jews. Sure. And I think it was, you know, cause, because it was my last season, which regardless of if everyone knew that or not, I w- I felt like that season I had a little more, um, I could, I had a little more say in like what, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, whereas, you know, so much of my time was, um, th- it's hard to like get them to let you do stuff. Mm-hmm. It just because everyone wants to do stuff. So it's like, there has to be some, but I felt like my last season, they were sort of like, I don't know, maybe this is in my head, but I feel like they sort of were like, yeah, try it, you know? Yeah, that or, yeah, I mean, if it's in your head, it's that you didn't, you knew you were leaving, so were they going to yeah, fire yeah, you? Like, yeah, exactly. Oh, Vanessa's difficult this year. Yeah. It's like, well, I'm leaving, so yeah, I don't care. Yeah. Uh, did they know you were leaving? It wasn't difficult. It was very sweet. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> 
that last one, or just sort of it's your last one yeah. season, you're doing that last one. Do you remember feeling? Oh, I remember why I wanted to do it too, because I really wanted to thank everybody. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I feel like at that point, people didn't know you were leaving. People didn't know I was leaving, but I knew I was leaving. Yeah, and you and watch I, and you're like, oh, you, we should have known. And I also think it was, was it, do you remember who the host, or was it my fourth? I, there was a show that happened that I thought was maybe my last show. It wasn't Passover, so it would be April. So unless you would leave. Yeah, that's what it was. It was, I thought it might be my last show because there was almost a writer's strike. Oh. So I remember being like, this would be a nice thing. If this ends up being my last show, this would be a nice thing to get to do too. I think that, I really do think that, that that's what it was. It was, I remember seeing Zach uh, somewhere and seeing America and being like, I want to get to do it one more time and we better do it in April or else who knows yeah. if we're going to have shows in May. I thought it was maybe going to be my last show and I wanted to like thank sort of everybody. It was sort of like my way of thanking everybody for everything. Yeah. But um, I loved the idea that I could. They, I remember for we had to cut a lot of stuff for time. Like they wanted to cut, and I was like, we can't take the Seth thing out because like he's my best friend. Finally, right, just... the tapas, a green vegetable, is dipped in salt water to represent the tears of the Jews, which is sad. And I'm sad when I think about how I'll be going away to camp this summer in the Poconos and leaving my friends behind. But even Derek Jeter had to leave the Yankees one day. Oh. Are you crying? Don't cry. You'll have fun at camp. In conclusion, I want to thank my cousins, Zach, Merica, and John, for coming in from Scottsdale because they got a free flight from complaining. <laughs> my best friend, Seth, who everyone thinks is Jewish. My uncle, Simon, even though my dad says he is so blinded by his devotion to Israel that he ignores all reason. <laughs> and I want to dedicate this to my bubby, who always made the best matzo ball soup. But it's no... Ah, here it comes. Papa John's pizza! There it is! My little boy, Jacob, everybody! And did you, afterwards, did you feel emotional? Like, yes, I was emotional. When, actually, I remember the most emotional I felt was when I saw that it had gotten on. Not that I thought that they would cut it, but I just, I don't know, because sometimes with recurring stuff, they're like, people, have, you just never yeah. know what's going to happen. I mean, you really, even to my last show, you just never know what's going to make it and what's going to get cut and why and whatever. And so I think when I saw that I was going to get to do it, I got emotional because I was like, this is so special that I get to yeah. do this and I'm, you know, going to get and, to do and it And that, that is then in the performance of when you're doing the thank yous. Yeah, yeah. I was, you know, I was really saying thank you to everybody, which what a great character to get to say thank you. And it was really nice. In general, what did you uh, like about playing him? I just like how um, sweet he was and how awkward and just I mean now it's gonna sound cocky when I say this but like how like me he was mm -hmm. <laughs> it's cocky I don't think it's like it's not like he's well, the coolest I'm calling, character. I guess I'm calling myself sweet and awkward so those balance each <laughs> yeah, other that's out fine. what I find interesting I just think about SNL and it's like for seven years you play these characters and you wear these wigs and they have these yeah. funny names and that's like your job for so long and then Unless you're like Will Ferrell and almost exclusively Will Ferrell, you never really do it ever again. Yeah. How does, you know, now that you've been out for an amount of time, do you feel like you exhausted that impulse? Do you feel like yeah. you miss it? Like, how do you feel about the idea of playing like capital C characters now? 
I honestly feel like most of the characters that were like successful for me are so similar to who I am. Like there's parts of them in kind of yeah. other things. So I, um, you know, I, I don't, I guess I'm not playing as many characters. It's more things closer to myself now, yeah. but I still feel like that stuff is, is it just all a part of me, you know, like yeah. it's all feels sort of like not that far apart from each other yeah I, I was gonna ask it's like in what way is like jacob directly in like a real person you play like in abisa you're not wearing a wig you're playing an adult who like drinks or whatever yeah but what way is like jacob still in that person the reason that jeremy and i started playing the the started writing that weather woman character and it's a little bit like jacob too is like a lot of times i'll trail off a lot and start and so even um yeah i People have been sort of playing that scene from Ibiza where I fall in between the beds mm-hmm. and then I get up and I go like, how's you guys? And and that's like kind of taken from both of those characters where it's like not really – like just kind of talking yeah. like to, to, to like keep up with everyone but not quite there. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's talking but not necessarily communicating. Yeah. Like, I know talking is supposed to happen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe this is a weird question. Do you feel like Jacob uh, kept you in touch with your – Judaism as an adult? I do sort of think it did because it was like all of a sudden, like, you know, we were reform and like, I didn't really go to temple. Like I've, you know, I don't know if I've ever been to a synagogue in New York or anything, but all of a sudden it was like, I was feeling so much like, okay, if no one's going to do anything about Passover, I'm going to do something about Passover. You know what I mean? So it was kind of nice. um, And, you know, people think of like Judaism as being comedy in Judaism as being there aren't that many. Jew, there weren't uh, once Andy left. I think I was the only Jewish person in the cast, and like Merica and Zach were some of the only Jewish writers. Yeah, weirdly, weird. you know, like <laughs> it's funny but, to be like weirdly. Yeah, there weren't. yeah. So, so like I think I always it did make me feel sort of more connected to it, and that like I was like somebody has to somebody has to talk about this. Like somebody has to bring up Hanukkah. We can't just talk about Christmas. How do you think of uh, you might? fit in sort of a history of sort of Jewish comedians? Oh, my God. I don't know. I mean... Or maybe that this is an extension of, like, like, no one, again, no one thinks of themselves like, I am a this. But, like, yeah. do you feel comfortable with the idea, like, oh, she's a Jewish comedian? Yeah, I do. I mean, I never... Um, that was never my intention, was never to, like, push Judaism. But I feel like um, it's been such a helpful thing for me. Yeah. When you're not, if a character's not listed as Jewish, but you are playing them, and they're not listed not as Jewish. Yeah. Do you think, this person's Jewish? Yes. Because <laughs> even in Ibiza, did you see the, oh, there's yeah. a clip where I say that I'm Jewish, that I'm a Jewish mm-hmm. person. That was improvised. But it was like, it just so much explains so much about me I think culturally I just think it is yeah. like yeah if it's not specified even though a lot of people have told me that they think I'm like I look like I'm Irish Catholic or something mm-hmm. but I mean I think that that was before I was on SNL yeah I think it's also people don't have people don't know a lot of Jewish people don't know there's Jewish people with, with not brown hair yeah hair. yeah with red hair yeah yeah in total how do you feel about you know, Jacob and how, when you look back on SNL, how yeah. do you think about him as sort of a representation or part of your, your time there? I think it's a pretty good um, representation of my time there because I think the thing I always tried to do when I was there was get on these characters that were a little more like subtle and like smaller characters. Mm-hmm. And I think 
you know, I was lucky in that I got to do that quite a bit. And it's sort of, um, it's sort of, Jacob is like the biggest example of like kind of a subtle thing that, you know, it can be hard to get subtle stuff on that show. It just the whole nature of it and it being live and the audience and everything. And, and so, um, I feel like my biggest victories were when I got that kind of stuff on. Um, can I speak with Jacob for a second? Sure. Uh, what are your plans for the summer? I'm going to hang with my friends by the pool, drink lots of lemonade, but not too sweet. <laughs> <laughs> that sound means it's time for uh, the laughing round. So it's like a lightning Whoa. round, but because it's comedy, it's a laughing round. Okay. Um, so it, it's like a lightning round, but, uh, you know, so it can be faster. What is your favorite bloomer sketch? Um, cardboard with a hole in it. What? What? What happened in it? Oh, I thought that was it. Um, well, uh, I sell a piece of cardboard with a hole in it. It's like a home shopping sketch. And my friend Ariana and I did. Ariana, uh, Ariana Jackson. Do you have a favorite joke joke? Like a street joke? Yeah. Do you want to hear it? Yes. It's pretty long. It's okay. They usually are long. No one has it. Uh, well, I don't. It's going to be. It's so long. It's okay. Okay. So one. It's, I can't remember who told me this joke. I did not make it up. One time. So there was this. This is so long. It might it's be okay. so boring. It's okay. There was this guy who was hunting this moose hunter. He was uh, hunting moose in the woods. And there was this other guy. And. Um, who was like walking around the woods and he saw the moose hunter and he was like, he like yelled over to him from like a mile away. He was like, hey, don't shoot me. I'm not a moose. And then like the day progressed and like now they're like getting a little bit closer. Like maybe they're like, you know, half a mile away from each other. And the guy sees the moose hunter again. He's like, hey, don't shoot me. I'm not a moose. He like yells it to him. And then they're like, keep the day progress, you know, and then all of a sudden they're like, you know, like 200 feet away from each other. And the guy sees the moose hunter again. And he's like, don't shoot me. I'm not a moose. And now they're like 10, 10 feet away from each other. And the guy yells at him. He's like, don't shoot me. I'm not a moose. And the moose hunter shoots him. And then the guy like falls to the ground. And he's like, why did you shoot me? I told you I wasn't a moose. And the moose hunter goes, oh, I thought you said you were a moose. <laughs> I still can't remember who told me that joke. I think I was in college. Um, Isn't that such a good joke? Yeah. Uh, speaking of Ibiza, the movie you're... Thank you. Uh, if you were to walk into a club, which I, from reading interviews, I know you don't do often, but if you were to do it for some reason, walking into a club, yes. for whatever reason, what is the song you'd like to hear play? Well, when we were, I don't think we got the rights to this song, but when we were filming Ibiza, there was a song that was like, right here, right now. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right. I hope I don't get in copyright trouble. No, I think with it's okay. The, okay. I think that was within fair use. Okay, um, and I probably that song because you're like, now I get it. Yeah, I'm present. Although I do, I a lot of times when I do stand up, I have them play party in the USA because I love Miley. <laughs> um, can you tell me a sort of a mini version of that whole interview did? but just about the Totino's trilogy sketch? Oh my gosh. Okay, so how did that come? So I wanted to do something about Totino's and I I play those, I often will play those kind of like commercial women, yeah. moms. And um, we were talking about it 
And I was, and I wrote it with Sarah Schneider and Chris Kelly. And then somehow I, I wanted to do something about how women have nothing to do during those, or how they're portrayed like mm-hmm. in a way in those Super Bowl commercials, like they're like just doing nothing while the guy, while the guys or whatever, and the hungry guys and stuff. <laughs> and then I think it was Chris Kelly's idea to do the activity pack. So we did this women's activity pack, and that was so fun. And we shot that. I remember we shot it all night. And um, so we did this women's activity pack because we thought it was funny, the idea that like in those kind of like su- generic Super Bowl commercials, it just like a bunch of guys like kind of like being like yeah. whatever while the like woman is like, you know, cooking for them like these snacks. OK, so that was the first one. And then we were like the next year at the Super Bowl, we were like, we should do another Totino's thing. And I think Chris and Sarah, that was all their idea that that um, the guy that it like it turns it gets like haunted sort yeah. of and it turns into a thing for the X Files. So that was very fun. And then the last one, we were like, how do we top it? And and it was yeah. And so and it was I think it was Chris and Sarah's idea to do um, to to have it be like this thing where I fall in love with Kristen Stewart. We it was so, we also liked the idea that in the last part of the trilogy, my character is like happy, like yeah. gets like rewarded in some way instead of always being shit on. So um, yeah, it was, it, we had so much fun. And playing that woman, you know, I've just played that woman a million times, but yeah. getting to do that and and like those tropes from those Super Bowl commercials of like the hungry guys and stuff. Yeah, I remember, I don't remember when I was like, oh, they're bringing back this one character. It's so crazy that we got to do something three years in a row. Like stuff usually doesn't recur year. And that the pre-tape stuff is really hard to get on, the, yeah. the filmed stuff, because there's only room for like three each week. And so the fact that we got to do it three years in a row. And by the last time we did it, Chris and Sarah were head writers, but the first two times they weren't. Yeah. You know, so it was it was so fun that we got to do it three years in a row. Would you do the voice of one of the friends listing the names of all their friends, but kind of forgetting them for some reason? Oh, well, I would do. Well, I think I do a very good Monica, which is just not now, Rachel. <laughs> um, but people don't respond. That's all I can kind of say as Monica. But Rachel doing it would be like Ross, Joey, Phoebe, Chandler, Mon. Uh, and, and last one. Can you do an impression of yourself? Yeah. <laughs> My impression of myself is kind of like, oh, hi, you guys. Oh, that's so sweet. You little cuties. You little sweet angels. The end. Thank you. <laughs> that's it for another episode of Good One. Watch I Love That For You Fridays on Showtime. Listen to her podcast, How Did We Get Weird, wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow Vanessa on social media at Vanessa Bayer. Good One's produced by myself, Jelani Carter, and Camila Salazar. Gotham Shrikashin did our theme song. Rate, review, and rate the show on Apple Podcasts. Five stars, please. Email any comments, questions, or laughing around suggestions to goodonepodcast at gmail.com or tweet at us at goodonepodcast. I'm Jesse David Fox, and you can follow me at Jesse David Fox. Good One is the production of Vulture in the Box Media Podcast Network. Be back next Thursday. Have a good one.